everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, and I am here at Food Fan Headquarters with a special guest. I have Chef Ben Dunbar from Rye Knot, and I'm going to spell that for y'all. It's R-Y-E-K-N-O-T, Rye Knot, a new restaurant opened in 2020, so about a year old, uh, up there on Merriman Avenue. And Chef Ben, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you today? I'm doing good, man. I'm, uh, it's, a, it's a nice, crisp, sunny day out there. I like it, it when is. it's cold in the winter. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't like hot winters. Um, so, uh, Ben, th- as I said, thanks for joining us. And Rynot is a great restaurant. I, I have to confess, I have only eaten food from Rynot once. And I got delivery from Kickback, so I haven't even eaten in the restaurant yet. And I'm super comfortable saying it's a great restaurant based on this one experience I had and on all the feedback I get from my readers, followers, and friends about your restaurant. It is just, it seems to be quite the beloved neighborhood restaurant. Is that an apt description? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we service the North Asheville crowd and we have a lot of, uh, I call it like the empty nester generation. Um, and, you know, some of these guys come in three and four times a week and uh, everybody seems to enjoy it, and we're trucking along. Well, your boss, Bob, is quite proud of you as his chef. He sent me your bio, very impressive. Uh, born, born right here in Mills River, is that, is that correct? Right here in Western North Carolina? Or raised yeah, here? Yeah, well, so, I, so I, I grew up in, uh, so my, my mom lived in Mills River, and my dad actually lived on Flint Street here downtown in Asheville. Okay. So I was kind of a mountain kid during the week and a, inner city Asheville kid on the weekends. So I kind of had the best of both worlds growing up that way. I'll tell you what, that is the best of both worlds. Like we say that we use the term town and mountain around here a lot. And that, that describes that phenomenon of being like in the, in the mountains sometimes and in the city other times. And it's great. Um, so what a great way to grow up. And Mills River is just beautiful. So I just want to give a shout out to one of our local communities here. And so chef, you do not have a culinary uh, degree, but you do have the the journeyman's uh, journey to becoming a chef. You started out on the line at Biltmore. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's. So I always contribute like my formal education to culinary from the Biltmore. Um, but I actually started out when I got out of the army and I moved back up here. And I was going to college. I got. I started working part time at the Cinnabar. I don't know if you remember the Cinnabar, was heard a little uh, movie theater restaurant. It was part of the Biltmore Square Mall. Yep. And I worked there part time in the kitchen uh, while I was in school. And uh, I actually had met my wife in school, and I was just I was good at it, and I didn't want to. I I, I wasn't going to get a culinary degree, but you know I enjoyed it and I was good at it. And after the Cinnabar, that's when I went to the Biltmore and really learned how to cook. I mean, the Cinnabar was great for like volume and learning how to like push food out. But really uh, learning, uh, you know, culinary skills, I contribute. I worked for, with some really good people at the uh, Biltmore. And, and, uh, and also I've worked with some other really good chefs uh, at other restaurants as well. Just kind of learning as much as I can and uh, trying to do the best I can. Well, um, my one experience was with your meatloaf and I ate it once and it's already up for an award. I don't know if you know that, but I, I give out awards as a food writer every January and your meatloaf is one of 
I think I have five contenders for meatloaf of the year right now. It was phenomenally good. Like, uh, can you describe, I mean, let's just back up a little bit and say that Rye Knot is classic American bar food elevated. That's what, that's the description I would give it. That's the description that you guys seem to give it on your website. And so things like burgers, meatloaf, um, why don't I let you describe your menu? Go ahead. Please. Yeah, so that's a, that's exactly how I would describe it. You know, it's not we're we're not fine dining by any stretch. We're elevated pub fare is what I call it. So plated pub fare. Um, the thing that the thing that we do, uh, you know, coming from like the Biltmore and some of the other places I've worked, uh, just learning how to plate food to make it look nice, to make it you know that visual aesthetic that you're looking for when you're going out looking for a nice meal, um, but also you know, for our burgers, like we grind the meat in our in-house almost every day. So, I mean, we use a blend of uh, short rib, brisket, and chuck roll that, that, we, that we grind. You know, so it's a burger, but it's our burger. We're trying to do the best we can to present a burger. We're using a brioche bun, uh, you know, sauces, all the sauces we have, we, we make, you know. So everything we're doing, we're trying to do it the right way uh, and not just buying, you know, the cheapest products we can and uh, the cheapest labor we can and just push it out. Uh, we're really putting our best foot forward on what we're presenting. Uh, all the sausages we make in house, um, that same grind goes into the meatloaf uh, with pork and uh, a bunch of spices. And, you know, the, the thing with the meatloaf is that I wanted to do a meatloaf. Um, first off, I wanted to smoke the meatloaf. And I wanted it to be gluten-free, uh, so I was thinking of a binder. And what I came up with was instead of using, like, breadcrumbs as a binder, I decided to use barbecue potato chips. And that's really kind of the thing. Like, so okay. I used, so I've that's, never heard that's of that of, before. And man. I kind of I feel like I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, right. People be stealing that idea. That's but the that's But the barbecue. Yeah, the barbecue potato chips, man. That's I think that's really smoking it is also you know that's part of the what makes it so good. And then uh, using those barbecue potato chips gives it just an extra kick and flavor. Uh, it's gluten free, awesome. so and even the sauce, even uh, the gravy, the truffle gravy on top is gluten free. Actually, all of our sauces are gluten free. We use uh, no flour in making them, so that's that's nice. Well, I know the gluten free community going to love hearing all of this. Um, do, do you yourself try to avoid gluten? Um, is that like a philosophy of the restaurant? Let's try to have- Not at all. Okay. So you just- No, because- nice Yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, so the gravies, we do a lot. There's a lot of gravies and a lot of stuff. And just, there's just too much, there's too many gluten-free people out there. And I learned that years ago, people are like, well, you know, I'm gluten-free, what can I have? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, so yeah. uh, at least with like proteins and sauces here, you can rest assured that there's no gluten in them. That's great. People are going to love hearing that. So they can, you know, this is the world today that around food is that the things that used to be prohibitive dietary restrictions, like I'm gluten-free, I'm dairy-free, I'm vegan, I'm vegetarian, all of that stuff used to be kind of a drag when you would go out to eat in restaurants, you'd end up eating a like literally one time I got a bowl of rice with peas in it because that was the only vegetarian thing they had on the menu back when I was vegetarian. And so times have changed. Now people can go to like basically a gastro pub is what I might describe you guys as. And not, not a place where you typically think, oh, I'm going to walk in with dietary restrictions and have a great meal. 
but you can. You can have a decadent, calorie-loaded, awesome meal that just doesn't have gluten or doesn't have dairy or whatever. I don't know what you guys are doing on the dairy-free front. But um, so I think that's great that you guys are a very inclusive restaurant in a lot of ways. You know, like your menu is uh, accessible in terms of there was nothing on there I'd never heard of. And uh, your food is fantastically good from what I've, I mean, you're, you have a great following. When, whenever I mention you guys on Facebook, people are always like, oh man, I love that place. Now, uh, Ben, you mentioned your burger. So let's back up a little bit again and talk about the fact that you were on a team that actually won the best burger award here in Asheville. So that was part of the, the now defunct um, battle of the burger. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We, uh, let's see, this was back. Um, so I don't, I don't remember exactly what year that was. I, I'm, I'm going to say 2014 because that just sounds about right. Okay. Uh, uh, time frame for me. Um, but uh, I was working with Jeremiah Jackson and Farm Defender, and we went to, I think it was our second or third year in Battle of the Burgers. And we had always gotten like um, either a crowd favorite or an honorable mention, but uh, that year we won and uh, we went to, and I think we did a Tasso brisket burger that year. I, th no. I think that's the one that, that won. Okay. Um, and so it was, uh, it was, uh, it was like burger with brisket and then it had Tasso ham gravy on it. And, Damn. Uh, it was pretty, I mean, not, not like the, it's not the lowest calorie burger you're ever going to eat, but it's pretty good. <laughs> I, I don't know when I eat burgers, I'm not counting calories. That's for sure. Right. And then we went to uh, – we ended up going to Florida for the World Food Competition there, and I think we got 34th in the world for our okay. burger. 34th um, in the world. That ain't half bad. No, man. I mean, uh, it wasn't. I mean, first place, good. but that's We were really open. Our goal was to make it into the top ten at that point. But, right. you know, it was a great experience. We learned a lot. Now, I'll tell you this. Like, when we got down there, now, we were just two guys, and, uh, you know, they're, you're just lined up. There's just giant lines of just – grill and little mini kitchens and uh i mean the guys that came there had a team of like eight people and they were like grinding stuff to order i mean it was a totally okay. different experience than what we were expecting we were just two dudes with a little mini cooler with some right. hickory nut gap beef that <laughs> we had brought great. Down representing little old nashville right like oh right okay. right so we, we made it to a national competition um that's i was actually wondering how the national competitions compare to our local ones because we have a local lot of local food competitions and they um they're quite fun but they're also like we're a pretty small town so you know we're just doing our thing over here national one was a bigger affair i would imagine yeah and i'll, sh I'll just give a shout out to jeremiah jackson as well because yeah. uh you know with uh with all the stuff i learned at the biltmore he was probably the next uh probably you know, as far as mentors go, like I learned a lot from him as well. Um, and I think he's the Johnson and Wales graduate out of Charleston. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, just, he was, he was a great guy to work with and learn from. Yeah. As well. Farm so. Defender, for those who don't know, was a food truck. I don't think it's still driving around anymore. I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's still in operation or he may just do like private, like, uh, catering and stuff like some catering events and stuff right uh i don't i don't think he does like vending anymore but uh yeah but that that was like uh a solid three-year education working working there so he was a, he, he is a super nice guy 
the food that came out of Farm Defender was fabulous. I think I might have been in attendance at the one that you won at, at the burger battle that you won. And the bur because uh, I remember like eating a burger off of your truck and being like, this thing is banging, man. And yeah. I may, I'll have to call through my own records, but I'm, I, I might have given Farm Defender an award in the past at some point for their burger. So I'll have to look at my own records. So I'm going to just tell everybody like it, get on down to the Rhinot and try that burger. That's got to be on my, my list of the next thing I get from Rhinot. Now, one of the reasons I haven't eaten at Rhinot as much as I would like to is because it's a little outside of my circle of walkability. I walk a lot. I don't own a car. You're located up there on Merriman Ave. Um, what, are you, what are you next to up there? There's a lot going on up there these days. Yeah, so we're up, uh, we're up on uh, like closer to like the Beaver Lake area of Merriman Avenue where Ingalls and the Fresh Market is. And we're actually tucked kind of off the beaten path on the side of this building. Uh, there used to be an old El Chapala's here or Chapala's restaurant. And, um, uh, you know, so we don't get a lot of foot traffic, but the, uh, the North Asheville community is pretty vast and, uh, we get plenty. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me because we, we opened in August of 2020 and it's amazing to me how many people still come in and say, Oh, we didn't, we didn't even know you guys were here. We just live right up the street. <laughs> yeah. You'll get that for like the next 10 years, man. Right. Like, I always, I do. I always say in Asheville, if you're like two feet off the beaten path, it's like being on Mars, you know, it's like people have a really hard time finding restaurants that are just like right over there, but like not that, not that far away. Um, so, but that is a great location for y'all because you mentioned that you're going, that large part of your audience or your crowd is the uh, empty nesters and that's North Asheville. It can be described as sort of an empty nest part of town. Just a lot of retirees and people that have money to spend on food, you know, food's not cheap. And, uh, you know, I'm, I hope you don't mind me saying, right? Not, it's not cheap. You, you pay for the quality of the food that you get. And I, part of that cost that you pay is that you guys pay a living wage and more to all of your employees. And so you're a, a living wage employer, which is great. And we want to support that. And you're also a farm to table restaurant. You're not, you're sourcing from local farms as much as you can, I would imagine. Do you want to shout out a couple of your favorite farms? You know, we do. Um, so let's just back up a second as far as the living wage goes. You know, when we opened up and, when, and you know, growing up in this industry, um, I mean, I worked at the Billboard. I worked for years for 10 bucks an hour, uh, you know, climbing that ladder, just scraping, scraping by. And, um, you know, when COVID hit, you know, it kind of changed everything. A lot of people left the industry and, um, a lot of people, I, I think my understanding is that with the unemployment benefits that, that came in, uh, people realized that, you know, that the money that they should be getting is not the money they were getting. So it kind of forced the industry, which is a positive thing, mm -hmm. to kind of get, you know, to raise all these wages. And we, we start everybody out. I think right now we look, if, I think it's 1770 is what is considered so I, I mean so everybody in my kitchen makes at least 1770 mm -hmm. um which is which is which is which is blows my mind because i couldn't remember how many years like you know i mean and i've got i had last year i had you know some high school dishwashers that were making 17 i think it was 1730 
at this time last year. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's a great wage for a kid in high school. Yeah, <laughs> washing dishes, you know. It's for washing dishes, you know. Of. So, yeah. Um, and then, you know, local farms. I mean, we, we try to locally source things as much as we can. Um, I mean, obviously, I will go to uh, – I, I, one, one place I really like is uh, Three Graces Dairy. They, they have oh, yeah. great cheeses. Yeah, they do. Um, and, of course, Hickory Nut Gap has is, is always been, like, a staple. Um, you know, produce-wise, we generally we generally would go to either Mountain Foods and try to get it, whatever they locally – what they have locally. I don't know where they get all of their stuff from. And then, of course, you know, we'll go to tailgate markets and buy from, from local vendors there and, uh, you know, the farmer's market as well. Have supply chain issues affected you? I, I, I feel like they, they did affect Asheville – perhaps not as much as other communities because of the relationships the restaurants have with the small farms, but maybe that's a misperception on my part. Did you struggle with supply chain issues? Yes. And I still am. Um, There are, so the, the, but the, but the struggles are not super important. Like um, one of the big ones is just to go containers. I'll I'll have different to go containers almost every week because I just have to get what's available. Um, And the ones that I originally wanted or the ones that I, that we were using in the beginning, uh, we were using kind of just that typical Brown uh, box with the wax coating. Um, And then we realized we were going to do a lot more takeout when COVID, when we first opened. So we actually switched to a nicer, uh, kind of a polymer clamshell that would hold more food and kind of be a little bit nicer that you could eat out of uh, Mm -hmm. for our guests that were getting takeout. And every time I find one I like, uh, when I go to order it, it's gone. Yeah, (laughs) I've noticed that as an eater. Another one is oil. Uh, We do our fries and beef tallow, and that has been almost impossible to get uh, without ordering – um, like Cargill's out of Atlanta, which is the, the main manufacturer uh, that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're going through U.S. Foods, Performance, Cisco, they all buy it from this, per, this, this manufacturer and they only want to sell it by the pallet okay. right now. Okay. Um, you know, so we, so, so getting the talent, so I've had to make, you know, I've had to make deals. Well, I'll pay a little bit more to get, you know, you know, two or 300 pounds versus buying 2000 pounds at a time. Right. Um, same thing, canola, frying oil, uh, you know, you just, you just kind of have to roll with what they've got. And uh, sometimes, you know, you're, you're, you know, you started out paying, uh, you know, I started out paying like 28, 30, 35 bucks for a 35 pound jug right now. It's up to 60. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, so that's, that, that hurts. Um, fish you know we do a really good fish and chips and i like to use cod tails because mm-hmm. uh they're long and i can you know i get this nice presentation with the tails mm-hmm. and you know once again one week you can get them the next week you can't then i have to go to like a loin which is shorter and fatter so it, it just messes with the presentation of the food so i can always get and they always say shortage however if you pay enough there it is you can get it there, yeah. it's available but. right yeah yeah oh uh, i remember during the big it sounds even funny to say this out loud during sort of the big chicken wing crisis of 2020 when it was really hard to get chicken wings and one restaurant a lot of restaurants dropped them from their menu 
prices went up across the board. You were suddenly paying like premium price for this, for this. chicken wing, you know, like it's typically fairly cheap. Um, and then one place put chicken feet on their menu. And I was like, oh, this is the direction the world is going in. Like the, the, the rich people are going to eat chicken wings and the rest of us are going to be stuck with the feet. <laughs> you know what we did we ended up um so we we i was originally buying and i like to i buy the biggest wings you can get okay and we dry rub them we smoke them um and then we flash fry them and toss them to order uh we do a great wing and when i we first started i was paying 80 bucks for a 40 pound case uh last year they were 160 for that same case right now they're 123 so i've actually put them back on All but right. during that i found um this uh we call them pork wings and it's uh it's a shank it's a it's a forearm shank uh with a bone in it's got a little bone that comes out and you get this massive like chunk of meat and they're rubbed and smoked and then flash fried and tossed in a sauce just like a chicken wing uh you don't get as many uh and, and in here you can buy them one two or three at a time and you know three's three's a heavy meal we we serve them over uh in the summertime we're doing it with jicama a jicama slaw and then right now we're doing a red cabbage slaw with it's a vinegar base it's all the same kind of profile but it's um it's not chicken it's pork but the meat to bone ratio is way better yeah they sound awesome they're awesome man and i I mean some people have been kind of like what's a shank or you know what a pork wing like that doesn't sound like what i want but if i can get people to try them then they're like holy cow i'm not you know some people are like, they'll never go back to chicken wings. Some people are like, I'm a diehard chicken wing guy. You can never take me off the wings. Yeah, there's and, room in uh, my heart for both, I believe. I, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're, I think they're great. But it was a good alternative for us. Yeah. Um, and right now I'm running both um, just because I, I, want, I want the wings to be on there. It's a great thing. And as a pub, you know, we're a distillery, a brewery, mm-hmm. a pub restaurant. I mean, wings, you know. You are kind it. of they're kind of expected yeah and you know back in the 90s you know you everywhere you went had buffalo wings yes. and it was you know a lot of places that would be like 25 cent wing night that would, yes. that's just the thing that'll never happen again <sighs> that's gone the way of the dinosaurs man like <laughs> but like you know you would and you you know you would scarf them down as fast as you can because your face would be melting off and right. you know then you start drinking your beer afterwards to wash it down and uh I'd love to keep that tradition alive, but you're never going to see 25 wing, cent wings again. But we're we're still doing a good wing. They're back on as long as the price doesn't jump back up to 160. We're going to keep them on. Good. Uh, we've gone from 12 to 10. Okay, yeah. You know, doesn't used to be the standard. Now, yeah. you know, to keep the price, you know, because you still got to be able to afford it. That's the yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. You know, at 160 bucks for uh, 80 pounds of wings, like you know, the price is just. You know, it's a chicken wing. Yes. And if in, you're my, if you're, my if you're in your 40s, you're like, I'm not paying you know, $20 right. for chicken wings. That's absolutely right. In the end, it's a chicken wing. And, you know, you don't want to pay steak prices for chicken wings. You know, you don't right. even want to pay chicken breast prices for chicken wings. Um, chef, we've only got a minute left. And you did touch on the fact that you are a brewery and a distillery as well. And I've talked to Bob about having your brewer, your distiller come on the show. So I, I know that you're the chef and you're not too involved with the beverages in that department. But it, do you want to give like a little 30 second shout out to your beverage uh, capabilities up there? Yeah, so um, 
So our uh, brewer distiller, Johnny Knowles, is uh, doing a great job. We have, uh, we have 135 gallons, six stage whiskey still that we distill with. Uh, right now we've got bourbon, whiskey, corn whiskey, dark rum, light rum, vodka, gin. He even has a dark gin, and I've never seen that before. But uh, mm-hmm. um, we got, I think, nine or ten. We have 16 total taps, and 10 of them are ours. Everything from, you know, a dark stout to, of course, the staple IPA that everybody loves so much. And we even have some lighter, lower alcohol beers. Um, yeah, I mean, he's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, him and Bob met at the brewery school at AB Tech. Okay. And, uh, you know, right now he's a one-man show. And he comes in here and he just keeps these taps flowing and keeps the uh, keeps the liquor bottled up and, and ready to go. Right. And you can come in and buy it by the bottle, buy it by the growler, uh, grab something to eat, grab something to go. So whatever you, we, we really are trying to just fulfill any need somebody might need here uh, as far as eating and drinking. Fantastic. Well, what an, what an asset to your neighborhood. What an asset to Asheville to have a restaurant like Rye Knot with its own in-house brewery and distillery, a, a pedigreed chef, in my opinion, and yourself, and uh, a gung-ho owner in Bob himself, who seems very in, into owning this restaurant and bringing the highest quality stuff to the customers and the people of Asheville who haven't yet stopped in. So I want to encourage everybody to get up to Merriman Avenue, uh, look, Google it up, get the address right, because it is just a little off of Merriman Avenue, and check out Rynot. What are your hours these days, Ben? So right now we're open Tuesday or Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, we open at four o'clock for dinner service, uh, Wednesday through Saturday and three o'clock on Sundays. Uh, and we close the kitchen at nine o'clock and the bar is closed at 10. Uh, now Valentine's day this year falls on a Monday and our goal, uh, if we can get staffing is to get back to a seven day a week open by Valentine's day. So, um, and then originally we also had lunch on the weekends and that's another goal, but, uh, staffing, you know, we got to get staffed. We got to make sure everything's in line. Um, you know, we were trying to do it before, but, you know, we just don't want our guests to suffer due to low staffing. So right now we've got five shifts, which is really easily uh, managed. Uh, it's a manageable shift to, to run. So adding uh, four more shifts to that, you know, takes a whole nother crew of people. Because yes. Um, yes. everybody right now, my whole crew is working full time at the five shifts. So, yeah, but we're going to get there. You know, we're yeah. going to push through. Uh, you know, all these changes that came with the pandemic and uh, all these changes that have come with the industry changes. Absolutely. I um, got a lot of, a lot of new people um, with little experience that are hungry to learn and which is really great. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm hoping, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get open seven days a week pretty soon. Yeah. Well, that's, that's nice to hear that you've got those goals, but it's great to hear that you're, you're willing to cut back your hours for the sake of your customers and especially the sake of your staff. I know I say that you can't book at hundred percent when you're staffed at 70% or your customers and your staff are both going to have a horrible experience. And so, you know, some restaurants I know did try like as soon as they could, they're like hundred percent seating. Let's do it. Uh, seven days a week, lunch and dinner. And the staff like literally begged them, like we can't handle this many hours. So it sounds like you guys really take care of your work staff up there. You take care of your customers. I, I hope you take care of yourselves and you get your mental health days and stuff like that. Cause I know that that's one of the reasons people did 
abandoned the food industry when they realized, oh my God, there's a life outside of the kitchen. <laughs> they were like, my mental health has suffered so much working in the food industry for 10 years or whatever. And so I, I, I hope that everything goes great for you guys up there at Rhinot. And I, I'm dying to try everything we talked about today. Like I am so hungry right now and I am a huge fan of fish and chips and burgers and all of that kind of food. So I can't wait to just eat my way through your menu. Ben, thanks right. so much for being on the show today. All right, man. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you soon. All right.